First of all, uh, I want to say thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. I'm very excited to talk to you right now. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, everybody watching already knows who we're talking to, but everybody listening, we have the legend, the tiger god, if you will, Bhagawan Doc Antle is in the building, or at least calling in. Um, I'm so excited. So many things to ask you. First of all, this is the first question. What did you do to piss off this documentarian? And I think he was just going for what he thought would cause the most flagrant insanity of murder, mayhem and madness. Right. That's what he was going for. That's the stuff that he was uh, trying to tag. And he did a good job of uh, just making it crazy. Dude, he well, he, there was something specific and it actually bothered me. And maybe I notice it more just because I'm in the industry and I know how annoying editing is. Right. But like the the. The documentary, obviously, Tiger King, everybody knows it. Uh, the episodes were about like 40 some odd minutes, right? So they made it yeah. for TV. They thought they were going to sell it to a TV channel because they had commercial breaks built in, right? Yep. And he would leave in a little bit longer when he was filming you. He would leave in before you were going to start recording because you were offering to like help spruce up the scene going, hey, why don't I introduce you guys? Uh, I'll come in from the apartment or I'll yeah. do something. He he, he, he'd never done. He is not a director. He's a turtle connoisseur. The guy's <laughs> deeply into collecting turtles and he ran some nightclubs, but he's not a director. And he'd be there just langering. And I'd be like, OK, I'm going to come through the door. We're going to do it like this. I did that stuff with him 10 times. And if you listen at that exact moment, the cameraman's like, Dr. X, so much better than Eric. No. Listen to the audio. He says it right there. You can hear it. Hilarious. The, the cameraman was sick to death of him. He was a freaking amateur about the entire process but it saved him in a lot of ways because i just thought he didn't know what he was doing but he had such an alternative plan because this dude came to me and just said hey i'm making a show about wildlife education conservation i got richard branson talking about all the lemurs on his island and i'm a turtle dude i'm the number one collector of turtles in the room the, the dude's got millions in turtles uh-huh and i've got all these turtles and i'm going to talk about the world of conservation for wildlife and I know you've done all this great stuff with your tigers and all of your work in Sumatra at your ranger stations that you've built there. I want to just document all of that. And I know you've got stuff going on in Africa. I'm going to come with you to Africa on your next trip. This is it, man. This is all. And then, and that's for two and a half years that he's hitting me with that five different times of long days of filming interviews in a chair for hours. And I didn't get it exactly what was going on so he and, never told you he was making tiger king the entire time oh absolutely not man this is conservation education about captive wildlife helping to save the wildlife in the wild which is my gig it's my it's what my heart's about and so he was able to step all over <laughs> me because i thought i was pulling off what my a, dream job and he said hbo had it a lock and it was going what a fucking scumbag so you do him the favor you help him out with the lie that he told you about, and then he tries to make you look like a douchebag when you're clearly the cleanest one of the three people in this documentary. I hope not by leaps and bounds, right? I mean, the other two characters. No, you were the Apple Store. Woo. You were the Apple Store. Joe was like an android, and then Carol was like a beeper or something. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. Lady. He's out of this world. Yeah. I mean, Dude. if I was you, I would be like, I don't want to be included with them at all. Only drama is going to come from the two of them. Straight up. I told that exact story on camera huh. probably a dozen times because they asked me 900 questions. During the 900 questions over hours and hours, they'd slip in a question about the industry, zoos, and then what about Carol? Yeah. What about Joe? What about, and, I, and I'd give them, you know, I'd just say this is this and that, but I'm not into that, guys. I'm not looking to do a show about those guys. I don't want to be in the drama. They got trouble. There's nothing but trouble going to come out of it. Okay, no problem. And then on the side, Rebecca Chalkin, who's his co-director, the other person, the, the other producer of the show. Right. She's on the side, tagging the staff, tagging all the girls that work here on the side and stuff and going, who do you sleep with? Who's your boyfriend? Uh, what do you do over here? What's it like here? What really goes on? What's the drama? And then they started telling me that. And I said, that's not cool, man. Leave the staff alone. It's not going to happen. I said, if she keeps this up, it won't happen. They leave. They come back a second time. She blabs again. And I said, she's off the set. Mm. She's not out on the property ever again. I don't want to hear from her. See you later. And they kicked her out. 
And they came three more times without her because she was so odd. And I'm like, why is she so obsessed? Ah, little did I know, because we were making murder, mayhem and madness, not conservation of tigers in the wilds of Sumatra. Yeah, it was um, they had to they had to make you more salacious than you were. Oh, yeah. They had right? to go. I mean, they had the some crazy crazy bat lady that just murdered her husband. Probably. At least that's what the world thinks. Right. Sure seems like she killed her husband. Carol killed her husband. That's the that's the meme. I mean, she killed her husband. Let's be honest. She killed it like or she knows where he is. If she didn't do it, she knows what happened. He's been there a long time. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we have these two. Then you have Joe, which is just this fascinating guy that you seemed quite friendly with. You didn't really have bad stuff to say about Joe. No, no, I got, I've got i got nothing against he Joe. He really I, admired Joe, you. He seemed to really admire you, Joe. Yeah, he wished his place could come up to our standard, right? right? And he, he spoke to me about it over 15 years. Yeah. He looked at various ways to have higher quality food for his animals and what kind of vitamins happened. I met him at a couple of zoo conferences right. where he came trying to see about the zoo practice and his staff. And then he had a job here in Myrtle Beach at a gig doing this magic show um, for another magician, and he brought tigers in to supply the guy with. Well, right. then the town got crazy about it. Humane Society local got crazy about it. People asked me to check it out. I went over. I talked to him. I, you know, we went back and forth trying to say let's let's do it better. Make more space. Here's good food. Make sure you don't run out. All of the basic stuff. Try and keep it more humane. So I got to know him more because of that. And then as the whole meltdown happened, um, he called me asking me you know, for advice about this or that a couple of different times. And I told him, you know, first thing you need to do is say a whole lot less. Uh, because God, Joe, you talk too much. And all of the stuff you're saying is going somewhere where it, it will not turn out positive. And you're just kind of obsessed with Carol far too much. Little did we know it was that obsessed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on. It's like we're watching this weird soap opera. It's like reality TV has gotten so real that it's actually more entertaining than the the craziest storyline in any soap opera our parents or grandparents would watch. Yeah, it's the real thing now, right? Murder, mayhem, and madness. That at least they got that part right. You know, that, yeah. that's, that was what the show was about. And that's what too much television is about. What do you think it is about these animals that is so intoxicating to people. What is it about these cats, man? Like you have people that come to work for you. Carol has people come to work to her. Joe has people come to work to her that will literally give up everything they're doing to be around these animals. Right. Why? There is like a magic mystery about tigers. They are the sexiest beasts in the world. They just have this power and beauty and grace that surrounds them. Every move that they make is just like the perfect ballet. And they just entice you in. They're God's greatest paint job. Look at that unbelievable paint job they've got going on. They look so flash. And then they're gigantic and they're so deadly. And it just creates a mystique around them where they just feel like power. I mean, like super high-end athletes, you know, the same reason that the great ball players and stuff, you look at them and they're just like, Man, that dude is a superstar. So it's like hanging around with LeBron. Exactly. But times 10, because yeah. you know, this dude could smoke LeBron with just a scratch under the chin. Right. This dude is the man. A tiger is so magnificent, so powerful. And if you can get on the inside track with him, it's like getting on the inside track with LeBron. You've got a dude now that's so cool. Everybody respects him. Just by his nature, he's been able to make so many people smile and feel better. And just to watch him move is grace. A tiger's all of that stuff. Right. And that seduces people in a way that is almost unprecedented how you just can fall in love with their look. Being close to them has a vibe to it. It is just uh, kind of a magic. Come out and see us. You will not believe no, what I, it's I definitely like. want to see it. It's And I'm curious about that. Like, has... Has that experience with the Tigers, right? You have to kind of like sense their energy, sense their comfort, right? You can probably you tell if they're day. feeling anxious. And does that equate to humans at all? Like after being in the in a high stake situation, every time you're with a Tiger, it's a it's like a 
It's like someone's been kidnapped. It's like a hostage negotiation, right? It's like there's death is on the line potentially. Not quite that bad. But you it's could the, die, the right? The potential is there. Oh, yeah. You could, they could turn it up and you could go down. But they have a great language. They have a ton of signaling. They have a way of communicating that if you get on the inside track with them and you understand how they communicate and what they really do, you're able to make that connection. And they tell you how they're feeling, that they want something, that they don't like something in a bunch of signals that are very clear once you tune in. So has that helped you with human interaction? Like, do you find yourself pinpointing stuff within like people noticing anxiety like oftentimes we do all this speaking and we say all this bullshit and it's not exactly how we feel it's like it's yeah. like the ability to speak has actually hindered our ability to communicate because we could lie yeah you know what I mean? and we do you know and most we everything we're saying is we're telling someone a story to make them feel differently about us because how they feel about us <laughs> is how we feel about ourselves right such a poor judge of ourselves we're waiting for others to tell us how they feel about us then we can feel okay. Tigers aren't looking for any of that. Tiger is the ultimate be here now guy. He is aware of every moment that's happening, every heartbeat in the room, the wind that's blowing outside. If a, a, a turtle splashes in a pond outside somewhere, he knows that was a turtle. He took a left turn. He is aware on magnificent level of tuned in. Hmm. And he is at the same time, an incredibly complacent guy. He is made to be this ultimate guy that can fast for 10 days. He can hang out and just observe things for a dozen hours without a twitch. He is made to be a character that has ultimate patience and ultimately just to stay tuned into the environment so well that when the opportunity presents itself and a potential dinner comes walking by with the least amount of energy and just the simplest task, Whack, he's got it, and uh, he's chowing down. And at that moment between that's dinner and I'm full, he's a crazy savage. Yes. And he does his own gig. But after that, he is back to serenity in a way that uh, few of us ever have the opportunity to perceive. Has, has this documentary impacted your business negatively, positively at all? Well, nothing comes close to the COVID, right? I mean, damn, we're of just course. overwhelmed with being shut down. Yes. I'm in this incredible tourist town that is Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Myrtle Beach gets 20 million visitors a year. Fourth most visited place in America. Crazy busy place. It's like everywhere. It's a ghost town. Like Manhattan is a ghost town. Dude, you wouldn't nothing, believe it. It's, it's Nothing it's going unreal. on. Yeah. And so we're, we're impacted by that so severely that we can't see the reflection by the massive increase in social media, by the huge international attention that it's gotten, I'm sure it will reflect into a, a major upswing in people wanting to come to the preserve and see what's going on. And I think that that great image was played out at least in the show very well, that you look at Carol's place and what a dump. It's like a bad backyard menagerie. It, it, you wouldn't want to keep your dog in there. Then you go to Joe's and it's overrun and overfull. He's he's just at wits end trying to get enough bad bologna from Walmart to feed everything. Mm. You know, he's just not able to cope. Here it's Shangri-La. This is the Ritz Carlton <laughs> for wildlife. <laughs> Let's go, Doc. Anybody walks in here and they're like, I can't believe you get to stay here. People put their butt down when they come up near the one of the big the big open habitats and like can you imagine if you got to live here? Yeah. You know, everybody else is, is 10 steps behind. And so people get that vibe out of the film. They see what's happening. And we're getting so many inquiries from that. We sell out anyway. And I would guess we're just going to be sold out even more. Right. Anybody that wants to get here has got to hop on and get that reservation because the peak time in Myrtle Beach, you, you can't get in here anyway. I only do limited amount of stuff. And that's kind of one of the drag things that they did is they like tried to pound me and say, oh, Doc is abusing these animals. Yeah, I'm open three days a week. I'm open for four hours, three days a week. During that time, I allow three to six baby tigers come out and interact with the public for about 20 minutes. Right. That's it. So they interact an hour a week. They're saying we pass them around endlessly. They're totally abused by humans 
touching them. It's so not happening. And we need so few Cubs. Three to six Cubs come through. That lasts four to five months. I'm only open eight months. I maybe have three or four more born. That finishes out the next four or five months. I need eight to 12 babies in an entire year. They're saying I have hundreds of these tigers. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just say there's too many. I'll kill that one. Kill that one. But I'm moving <laughs> them into a gas chamber. That was them. wild, bro. That was the wildest accusation that you have your own crematorium. Like Come this is on. something out of Ozark where you're just burning the bodies <laughs> that you don't need anymore. Ozark said that's right. <laughs> You know, it just got to madness. And you see my son, Cody Antle, who's got that rocking social media, 14 million people. Let me tell you something, Doc. Following. If you have three wives, your sons are going to have 30, okay? That's a handsome boy. You got a handsome boy right there. You should have seen me when I was young. <laughs> no, man. That So, you know, there, there, there's just that vibe of something crazy going on. I was yeah. going to finish that cub thing. Cody's out there working all those big adult tigers all the time. Dozens of big adults interact and play with him on TikTok, on Instagram. Those are the cubs. Where the heck did they come from? Yeah. Those are the babies grown up. We keep every child like that. We never euthanize a baby tiger or a big tiger. They have super value from the time they're born until they die of old age. And that's the only thing that happens here. So we just have to make sure people are clear that that, that of course, is what's happening. Yeah. It's that got was, oversight that was from numerous directions. That was confusing for me because they were like, the only way to make money is the baby tigers. I think baby tigers are cute, but I'm far more fascinated with a fully grown tiger, right? Of like, course. That, that, you know, the baby is, is enticing. Well, isn't that cool, that baby? Yeah, I'd love to just give them a pat. But when those giant boys, that 922-pound type liger comes out, who's, who is – almost 12 feet tall on his hind legs, bigger than a grizzly bear. Yeah, He comes out and kissing those girls, and he's giving us a hug, and Cody can walk him, and they're eye-to-eye the eye with each other. He's so huge. That's the real deal. That's the most impressive thing you'll never forget. Okay, the liger. So, yeah. Are the tiger and lion boning, or sure, you're taking the sperm? What? Have to, because big cats and little cats are what's called stimulation ovulators, only by the act of sex does the female drop an egg and ovulate. And she has to have sex maybe 50 times to get pregnant. Totally different than people who, in, in theory, can get pregnant anytime, any day. It's always there waiting. They're always ready. Those animals have to be in season, have to get hit over and over again, ovulate. Then it might happen. So a tiger has to get along with its male counterpart well enough to do the act a hundred times in a short period of just a matter of days. Okay. Wow. So the, the female tiger has to bust a Up nut. The lion. Too. Yeah. yeah for, it, for it to be a lion. Okay. To be her, her mate. She's got to put that serious time in with that lion and they have to gel well enough that she's going to go through it a hundred times and then get pregnant. Now, and that produces that massive liger. How how abnormal is this? Like we see this happen with dogs a lot, right? Like two different species, not species of dog. Uh, what is it? Genus? No. Yeah, varieties. I mean, because dogs are all dogs. Dogs are all the way dogs to wolves. They're all kind of the same DNA. Right. They just they're just like us. But, you know, they come short, big, small, fat, black, white. You yes. know, dogs do that. And tigers are very similar. Tigers actually have very little genetic diversity. And between lions, tigers, leopards, and jaguars, they're so closely related. Tigers are 10 times more related to each other, existing tigers in the world today, than a guy from uh, China is to a guy from Ireland. We have way more genetic diversity, and we're really tight ourselves. So the big cats are super closely related. That's why they can all interbreed. Lions, tigers, leopards, and jags can all interbreed, can all produce hybrid offspring, and the offspring are never sterile. The females all readily reproduce with any one of the other ones they meet coming along the way. Now, you've had tons of experience with animal people. You are an animal yeah. person. Are animal people missing something? There are animal people, and then there are crazy motherfuckers like Joe <laughs> and Carol that are, are wannabe animal people. The hardcore animal people that do it for a living and it's their whole life, 
they're of a, they're of a very specific ilk. I know guys that it's it means everything to them. They do not party. They aren't going out. They're not crazy guys. They live and breathe for the the wildlife in their care. Those guys are of a very disciplined ilk. Just just like people that are really into their art of any form, the art takes over. And working big cats in contact is very much an art. What Cody's doing on there, that is art to have to be that guy and not be getting eaten up, not get scratched. I've got all my fingers and toes. I've never been hurt in my life. I've had 400 big cats playing with me since I was in my early 20s and have had no troubles with it. Yeah, that's an art form and a science that you're going through that requires your full attention. Those guys, wow. You know, I mean, Joe is by his own admission, uh, gun-toting, gay, drug addict, wild man looking for the next big party you know that's how he self-describes right and a lot of the characters with him are wild his current husband is a pretty mild-mannered sweetheart guy seems like he's not on that vibe at all and i think joe was drifting in his late 50s to be more of an easygoing guy but man joe in his 40s was wow how boy. much trouble can i get in and who wants to join yeah you know? and carol is in my opinion full-blown psychotic, you know, creepy woman in the background. I think she's walking around saying, red rum, red rum, red rum. I mean, she's out of her gourd, you know? You know what happened? Carol killed her fucking husband. <laughs> you know, the series took it to town. It's crazy land. Like, it was, I mean, the, my buddy said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta attribute this to my buddy Akash, but he had this great point. He goes, we were discussing who lost the most from this, right? And, and he goes, Carol. And I go, really? Why do you think that? And he goes, think about it. She needs to be loved. She needs to be adored. Like she didn't get in this to like save cats. She got in this because she's the good person that's helping the animals. And now the entire world thinks she killed her fucking husband. So even though she's not in prison, she's probably the most tortured by this documentary. Right. You know, and the, the greatest goal of Joe's life was twofold get famous, and to fuck up Carol Baskin. <laughs> and he's more famous than anybody he can succeeded. be in this situation. Wouldn't matter if he had a hit movie, he wouldn't be this famous. You know, he's more famous than The Rock is today. Dude, it is so true. I got to ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but it's been fucking killing me. What happened to his knee? He's got... Now, I, Out of I don't nowhere, know he exactly. just has a knee brace. From the story he tells me, he has a whole degenerative bone problem going on from his hip down to his knee and the whole thing is shifted improperly and the bone is deteriorating he's also got some kind of autoimmune disease he's currently staying at the texas federal hospital prison hospital he's moved there recently he was trying to get in there for a while because he was under a lot of uh, specific medical care and and hanging out doing that stuff and you see him out there I, I would not want to be hopping around on a freaking crutch and a little aluminum crutch with all those tigers. When they grab his foot and yank him around and he's laying on his back and those teeth are through his foot and his leg at that point, it hurts like, wow, step on a nail. Imagine what it's like to step on something the size of two thumbs going through your foot. That's tiger. Teeth. Oh, you think that they bit through him? You don't For think sure. it was a bit soft bite? Really? Yeah. Got through his foot running with him. And if they didn't get through him, his boot would have come right off as well. They're running with him, and he's drawing the six-gun out and <laughs> capping off shots. It's pretty staggering that he was able to hold it together that much as a crippled guy and hopping around like that. And he's been in the, he's been down in the dumps physically for at least seven, eight years. It's been he's been on a more slow uh, demise of that stuff. Why do you think they grabbed onto the boot? Has that ever happened to you where they like bit onto you in any way, shape or form? Certainly I've had them attempt to do so. I hope I am uh, dancing out of the way and I hope I hear the talk that that tiger says, Hey, there's something about that shoe and I'd like to investigate. <laughs> and then I would hear him say that. And I'd be like, don't you fuck with that shoe as my shoe. I'm going to mess your shoe. If you mess mine. Right. And we would have it down. But that the real the real thing is that some way he, that they triggered. Now that could be dog piss on that shoe. It could be that someone put perfume on it, because perfume will trigger them. Or as Carol said, 
I think someone might have put sardine oil on there. I've seen a number of quotes like, how much sardine oil do you have to put on your husband before you murdered him? Oh, yeah. No, she's oil. She she's absolutely out of it. I keep watching this documentary and I keep thinking, are there any animals that are too dangerous to keep? Is there anything you wouldn't? Having a a full time contact relationship is different than it's staying in a world class facility. right? Right. So if you had hopes to be like I am with my beloved oldest daughter, Bubbles the Elephant, that incredible giant <laughs> elephant goes with me. I'd be right there swimming just the other day down to the big river. The sure. preserve has a huge river along the side of it. Right. I down there, we're just swimming and playing around. I've done that with her a thousand times. So why I mentioned too is the boats are whizzing by because it's, it's a very active place to play. Even during the COVID, there's out there boating around. Boats are going by. They normally go like, hey, Doc. Hey, Bubbles, love that elephant. They're out there yelling, Carol killed her husband. Carol killed her husband. I'm like, on the river in the middle of the And a couple of them are like, yeah, Tiger King. But Carol killed her husband. Man, it's prevalent in culture. Bro, you got to make some T-shirts, Doc. Don't leave that money on the table. Make the shirts. It's time to go, yeah. You know, so that elephant is an extraordinary character that has decided to have a relationship with me. I've known her since she was small enough that I could actually pick her up when she was just a few hundred pounds. She's cool with me. I've never seen anybody in that relationship before, and all the guys I know that kind of have the vibe the big, aggressive, not even aggressive, just the big, mature male elephants that are twice the size of the female elephants, they're too much. They, they do not have relationships with people where they won't whack you. Mm. And if a 20,000-pound dude gives you a punch, pieces are coming off. You yeah. don't get to go through it, you know. It's just an eyelash from Mike Tyson. That's a ow if that trunk comes on you hard. Yeah. So. Big elephants are like that. Big bull rhinos are like that. Those animals are too much. And there are guys that have done well with some polar bears and some grizzly bears, but it's epic. It, it, there, there's a line there. A couple of guys that were really talented at it got eaten by their bears, you know, where I know a couple of tiger guys that have never been bitten cradle to grave. A friend of mine, Joseph Marcan, has been doing it for about 65 years. And uh, he, he's, he's in great shape, no troubles, still rolling right along. Not a great big guy, just a, a guy that's got the, the pulse of a tiger down pat and uh, has been able to pull it off. And it, it, it works out. Siegfried and Roy are always a drama that people bring up. But those aren't tiger trainers. Those aren't trainer guys. They're magicians. Right. Uh, rolling the, 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 the crazy lifestyle of Vegas flash. And their situation was unique. They said, I remember seeing in the documentary at the end that they said that they raided your safari. Was that true? Was that yeah, I got a exaggeration? more of those points I got to get in. Of course it's BS. And if it was true, you just have to go criminal charges, doc, and it pops up like it would for everybody. I've never been charged with anything. I had an inquiry with veterinarians from Virginia yeah. and people from the state's attorney's office in Virginia yeah. who were chasing a zoo that had been closed in northern Virginia. That zoo got closed and... They knew that the zoo had had lions. The guy somehow was in a a, a match with them of what what he was going to tell them. And they thought the lions from that zoo came to see me and they wanted to investigate. And I said, yes. He said, I got three lions. I can't care for them. Please get them. My daughter drove up, rescued them, came back. All full paperwork along the way, health certificate while she's there, transportation permits. And it all goes into the federal registry like every single tiger cub does. Here are these lions. They were born. This is where they were born. This is how old they are. Here's their their information. They showed up and said, we have to have DNA on those lions because the court case trying to prove some wrongdoing by him. And we've got to prove it's the lions. I said, well, here's all the paperwork. And they said, the paperwork won't hold up like DNA does today. So they swabbed those lions and they went on their way. We weren't raided. Nothing was there. Same thing about euthanizing cubs. Of course, that's a total crock. The idea that we need hundreds of cubs, a total crock. And next on the list, of course, is, of course, I don't have nine dang wives. Yeah, how I, many do you have? How many do you have? We got to get to the bottom of this, okay? Come on now. Because it's an I'm impressive goatee. Guy. We're like I the goatee, last, okay? I was I was last married 25 years ago. All right. My wife, who was Cody's mom and Tawny's mom, she died in a car crash 25 years ago. Sorry about That's that. That's my last wife. Okay. Since 
Sid. I'm a single guy. Sling I'm out dick. hanging around. I got lots of girls that I've met. I go on dates. I, I live alone in my house, but I certainly have female companionship as part of my existence. I love it. I'm there. And those ladies that come, all of them are in their late 30s to early 40s. I'm 60 years old. I know I look 25, but I'm 60. You know, I, I've got these lovely grown-up girls who do this stuff. They trick the whole thing and like, this is this. My granddaughter's next to me, and I'm like, this is my granddaughter. She's 15 years old. She's here working so hard. And then next to her is the lady, China. And China's there. I'm like, China got here when she was 17 years old. As I just said, 15. I said, she's here since she's 17. She turned 18 a few days later. Here she is. She helps run everything and takes care of stuff. She's my longtime girl, my longtime partner. Here's this other girl. Here's this other girl. Throughout the series, there's the, there's the beautiful girl putting on her makeup, doing, looking all beautiful. That's the uh, fiancé of the tech guy, Robert Johnson, who just helped me put the stuff together, oh. who's, uh, who's a professor at the university here. The other girl in the, in the little tiger suit, she's married to a military guy that, that, that's here in town. There's all these other characters. My grandson's fiance, my son Cody, his girlfriend. The girls are those girls. All those twenty somethings are all the girls of those twenty thirty somethings. I know it's a drag that somehow there's not a harem in a tent sitting out here for a lot of guys to think that's how I was living, but that's not legal, and that's certainly not what I am pursuing. Doc, I'm really disappointed. I know okay. it happens. I I'm know really it disappointed. Okay, I was with Tim. I was like, how does he wrangle these chicks? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Fuck the tigers. Okay. But I thought you had something going on. I thought there was something, you know, Hindu spell that you were working. But apparently you're out here just dating. It's complete farce. Thing. No three wives. You do have a girl who's your partner. That was true. China is your partner. There are there are several partners in the corporation. And no, in no. The like sexual status, lovers. You have a lover. The partner that it means. I have. I've got these. I've got several girlfriends that all know each other and all know about each other. And China has been one of those girls. Mm -hmm. And there are other girls that are involved. So how do you negotiate are, that? Let's get down to it, okay? How do you negotiate you that? You don't got. You don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing that there's one line that really is actually the thing that nobody wants to be told or to hear. Blazing, blatant truth. <laughs> I feel this way. I think this way. I act this way. The thing that no men want and no woman wants to hear. Right. That, that's why they blasted me on the thing by saying all men are pigs and all women are sheep. I don't mean there's anything wrong with either of the sexes. Women end up falling along with the bullshit that we cast out. That's how it goes. It's not as popular now in the Me Too movement of life. That like, you know, you're supposed to ask permission to hold someone's hand. I don't know how the heck you'd go out and get a date. I don't know what you'd do in a bar scene yeah. to be able to ask a permission for each step of the way you're trying to meet girl X. But some madness has ensued. I'm glad I'm 60 as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. Our generation crazy. is dealing with a whole different thing. Can be kind crazy of a pain in the ass. Yep. So, okay, so it's just truth. You're saying that's how you have these multiple relationships. If you can handle it, it's just truth. And, truth. And my next question is, is the reason you're only open three days a week is because you have to handle your women the other four days a week? <laughs> is that what you're busy doing? No, the, the busy is you're taking out Tiger Dude X. This guy's eight feet tall, weighs 600 pounds, lightning strike capacity. And you're saying, hey, dude, let's go do this job. We're going to come out here. We're going to run. We're going to work. You're going to swim. You're going to be cool. Okay, no problem. Three days a week, seven days a week, that guy's going to eat you. He's going to say, <laughs> we're working too hard. You look like a fish instead of my friend today. Yeah. I know, Cody, you're taking that dive under the water, but I'm going to pull you up by your head today. I don't you, want to take up too much. You have to here. have it gentle. You've got to keep everything easy peasy. The elephant doesn't want to come out and talk to people every day. She loves to come out a few days a week. If you tell her seven days a week, now you're slaving her and she's going to be a bitch. She's going to get out there and just be like, nope, not doing that. And then what? You start running out of options. You have no encore. Mm. You say, come on back. Please come on back. Get on back. And she can just wander off, right? And a big these big tigers are loose out here. Like, we're not, we don't have them hooked to something. There's giant tigers running free, chasing down a high-speed lure that Cody's 
just pushed him towards and they're going after it. That the little girl Rajani, who's the opening beauty in the shot, even though she's got nothing to do with Carol and Joe, that girl's out there holding that big old what we call a mopalope, saying, catch it, catch it, can you catch it? She watches for the tiger to come after her. She flicks it on the ground and it whips out at 50 miles an hour. And that tiger goes after it like mad because he's got predator drive and he's got this incredible physicality. And he shoots after that. It flies down into a hole and disappears. We get a big chunk of bacon and go, here, dude, what a great catch. And we catch him back up. There's seven of us on the ground trying to make that smooth. If you screw that up, someone will die. Something tragic will happen. It is a dance that we know how to perfectly do, but there are not options to force that dance or to go outside the scope of this. You've got to be super careful all the time. And you can do that three days a week. You can't do it seven. It's like playing sense. a big NFL game. You're not ready to hit that line seven days a week. Not at all. If you told those dudes to play seven days a week, baseball, basketball, football, superior athletes out there working, they'd blow their bodies apart, right. mind and body. And that's what we're doing is extreme physical encounter. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're a busy man. I just have a couple more questions for you. We're One, all good. Um why why does everybody why does everybody change their name? What is the purpose of the name? Is it like There's a- no everybody, right? Nick and Rob just tech this up. Nick and Robert dudes, there's 12 of them here and none of them were in the film. They centered only on the chicks. Right. They took it all out. All these guys ah. from, from who's six foot ten, 300 pounds. And there to Chris, who runs all the tech in here, is also like six, five and two fifty. They're in the way of everything. Yeah. Those, you can't even see those dudes somehow. They edited every bit of it out, created this girl only vibe. When Cody's the star, my grandson's the other star. Connor, who's Cody's sidekick. They look like twins almost. They're, they're cousins. Um, They they just took all of that crap out of there. So Cody's name is Cody. Connor's my grandson. (laughs) It's just that uh, some of the people, a handful of 25 of us, have unique names. Ooh la la. And they try to whip it around. And they got that whiny retard on there. Excuse me. (laughs) Retard's the R word. I didn't mean to say that. Bad word. Hey, you have to apologize on this show. In the 80s. That ridiculous whiny kid comes on, who's a part-time babysitter, this girl, Barbara Crockett, who comes on like, they made me get breast implants. Yeah, that, I want to ask you about that. She's Does everybody get telling tits? the tale and, and talking shit about all the names and this and that. That chick comes on as a babysitter. She's hanging out part-time. She is infatuated with getting her boobs done. She goes to a board-certified plastic surgeon. They're not fools. It's at a very big, wealthy clinic here in town. It's a guy that we know. He gives her the full talking to about the dramas of getting boobs. You're a teenager. I don't know what you want. This is hard stuff. She's like, I got to have them. He'll her up with a finance program where she pays to have them, pays for them financially one month at a time, you know, or $111 or something every month just to buy boobies. She's got them. She hangs out. She's only babysitting my daughter, doing nothing else. She goes off to a show with me, falls in love with a guy that jousts, a guy that rides a horse and off with a lance, a, a jousting stunt show. Yeah. It's pregnant by the dude and runs away with him. He's gone <laughs> another year or so. He comes back. She's like, yeah, well, I didn't have that baby. I, I didn't stay married. I'd like to, I'd like to teach a little more. I want to hang out. It was fun. Can I hang out? He comes back. She hangs out again for a little while. She's, she's, doing stuff. she's good with my young daughter. She's a very young kid herself. She's just playing around with her. We travel off five stars to Africa. We travel to Thailand. We travel to the Bahamas. We spend time doing stuff in Las Vegas. She gets to travel and live like a princess in all these places. She lives in a brand new house here, a barn with cockroaches. This is a pristine, perfectly clean place. Cockroaches, you'd lose your permit. They'd come on you. They'd hammer you. Three to four times a month, unannounced federal veterinarians show up here and white glove the whole experience and always have. And they were when she was here. There's the same people that when she visited and kind of did this roller coaster ride of, of hanging out here, getting pregnant and running off, which she did three times during her career. That whole crazy process while she's here, the people that were here when she started, they're still here. Other guys like Rob, who is just here, who's now 45 years old, a professor at the university, 
He was here for her beginning to end. He's already a set wealthy guy living in a beautiful river home and stuff. We own 11 fabulous homes. You see the guy talking about all the houses we own here on the show, blah, blah, blah. Even though the fool is pointing to my neighbor's houses. My neighbors are coming to me like, yo, my house, doc, what are you doing? I'm like, that guy's a fool. Switch audio track to visual track. I'm like, it's showing house after house in a row. We're 50 acres. It's probably a half mile long. And there's houses woven through the woods along the water and different places that have been acquired. Those beautiful homes, million dollar a piece homes, a number of them. That's where staffs live. That's where my son Cody lives. My nieces, nephews, grandchildren, my two daughters, 17 of the 25 of us are directly related. And every other girl that was on the outside in there that isn't my daughter, who are beautiful, big, tall girls, and my grandchildren, who are of the same ilk, are the, the significant others of the staff. They just went into that. And then they said that made us a cult somehow because you're a family. Family and chicks. So many chicks got to be a cult. Where the hell are those places? Why? Why was this girl so willing to lie? I don't. I don't understand. You think she was paid? She's a little crazy. Animal people. I told you. Sometimes these an animal, animal person, pe- doc. <laughs> sometimes these animal people get a little loony. You have to admit. So sometimes what it is is that lunatics are attracted to animals. There we go. Animals are not attracted to lunatics. Lunatics are attracted to animals. Why? There is artists who want to have the artful, amazing relationship with animals. But then there are lunatics who can't get it together. Their minds are squashed. They can't focus. They don't know what's happening. And they find solace in an animal that they can't. It doesn't judge them. It doesn't have any speech about who they are. It's got none of the social boundaries and stuff that everybody expects them to have. They can just be Looney Tunes around their dog, their cat, or God forbid, cat ats. You know, the more cats you have, the more unique you are. You know, you, you start saying, I got a cat. I got five. I got 37. When someone's got 37, they're special every damn time. You know, they are unique. How many and cats do you have? Hey, I got only big tigers. It's a whole different <laughs> thing. Got a, a big brain, a great, a great bearing and in intelligence. House cats are little pea brain guys that are parasitic to the human race. Tigers find us snackeritic to the human race. You know, they've been eating our kind for a million years. Those other guys just live off of us, you know, cruising around, spitting on you, spreading disease and making a strange connection. I'm not the greatest fan of, of house cats. I love it. Crazy people akin to that unique lady are there. She's the only one. I've got 350 kids that have come here and gone through this apprentice program and help me do stuff. And, and I've had a, a, a ton of nanny babysitters come. They interviewed all of them that they could find. They offered cash to people just to say anything they could. No, not a soul came forward except that crazy nut. So right? you think she was My paid? Opinion, she lost it. A lot of talk about pays happen. I haven't seen the paycheck, so I don't know, but she started in on this whole thing. She even called staff saying, Aha, I've got you guys now. You'll be gone. You're going down the drain. Uh, she called Rob while he was in Africa and told him, you've had it now, bucko. You better find a new job. I've taken them down. Something special going on there. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. If I was, I, I would guess that she would have her own chapter. Yeah, it just seems so weird that she would be so resentful, but probably a pretty miserable person, pretty, right? Pretty common, right? Really disgruntled employees and. Eh. Some of the same people that are there with her, you know, have have made tons of money and had tons of adventure and had tons of, you know, prosperity in their life because of their connection to what's happening. He's way down the list on that stuff. Jealous, insane women. They do seem to flow. Mm. Question. Was there anything truthful in the documentary? Let me see here. No, it's truthful. Joe is a wild man. Having wild times, he got overly obsessed with Carol. Carol told her husband, (laughs) according to the documentary, of course. Um, You know, the big cats are super endangered. The other giant lion there spread all over, even across National Geographic and stuff. There's five to 10,000 tigers living in North America. That's a complete farce. 
You can Google it anywhere in the world. You can't find a single study, any factual information to back that up. As far as we know, there are 1,200 tigers living in America, not five to 10. That there are pet tigers spread everywhere? Absolutely not true. There was a new law enacted by me and the Congress of South Carolina to prevent people from having pet big cats, great apes, and bears. We thought that, you know, we were under the gun. So many people said South Carolina just lets everybody buy them. You can buy tigers in the newspaper. That's where all Doc's tigers go. He just sells them to unsuspecting South Carolinians. We passed the law to shut all that up and try and slow it off. Everyone was given a free pass that has a pet tiger or puma or black bear in their backyard. All you had to do is tell us you get a free pass for the rest of its life. It's the grandfather clause. In this whole state of millions of characters, how many tigers were there? How many anything were there? Zero. Uh, Not a single registration. Hmm. No one was here. Nobody has a pet tiger. Where, where, what state are you in? New York. New York. Of course. There's the one crazy fool in Harlem that also had drugs, hand grenades, and automatic weapons hiding up in an apartment that everybody knew that tiger was there. I mean, they yeah. do smell like giant cats. You know, the, the thing is a gallon a day it's got to be the people downstairs knew something was upstairs but not a word was spoken because of mom on the whole uh, alternative living situation that must have been allowed in that apartment complex and there's that tiger he's the only one and it made it was such a uh, uh you know crazy sensationalized story that now everybody pretends like oh they must be everywhere i think downtown omaha's got some over by the bank of course, it's bullshit. There's none. Right. No pet tigers, no pet pumas. It's virtually unheard of. There are many zoos, and there are all kinds of the rescue, scamshuary, sideline people out there, but that is not what's happening. There's several people in California that really have a bunch of pet cats like Carol does right. that run scamshuaries telling people they rescued them, when in fact, most of them bought them or coerced them out of other stable owners, and they just took them on themselves to give themselves this illusion of an image that they've got some relationship with yeah i felt i felt like one of the the shittiest parts of the documentary was it painted all of you guys as if you didn't care about the animals and right, of course. i tried to break up the hours a week spent with the animals if you were doing this just to get rich you're wasting your time there are other ways that you could spend that time to get rich that's right you know, I had way more money before I had tigers than I have now. <laughs> you know, I, I had a whole lot going on throughout my entire youth and my entire life. I spent it all trying to run a tiger preserve. Right. And I'm throwing millions of dollars into wildlife conservation projects around the world. I have my own place in Sumatra that we built. It is filled with our rangers watching tens of thousands of acres in the most pristine place left on earth. We pay those rangers to pick up snares every day, to chase poachers. We have Rob go out and teach them how to fly drones. We supply drones to numerous anti-poaching teams because a drone is this super cool tech weapon. Fly it up, see where they're making a fire. Every poacher needs a fire to live and to smoke the meat to sell it. We've got those drones flying. We've lowered uh, poaching by 80% in the places where we're running our teams. Mm. That's where the money goes. Mm. You know, it flows out of here into those projects and is of enormous uh, care for so many animals and really has made a huge impact on saving the lives of so many animals every single day. Elephants, rhinos, tigers, orangutans are watched over by us every day. Our chimpanzee kids, both the ones we have here, Cody's brothers that he runs around with those great biggie chips who uh, play with us and do stuff. Them and their cousins over there in Africa. We're watching out for them with full-time teams every day. Question about those chimps, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. What type of relationship can a human have with a chimpanzee? Like, at what level does their intelligence cap out? Are you talking like a small child? How do you communicate with them? What kind of bonding can you have? I'm trying to understand, like, that relationship. More it's, 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 it's more of a, a little bit older child. Um, you want to see if Cody will come see me with, with Bali? I don't know if he's handy. Um, more it's about like a child who is six or seven. You know, it, 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 he can he understands a lot. He gets language down pat. He knows the drill. But 
it, it, he stays six or seven for decades. Mm. So he's not really just six or seven. He's got the vibe of what's happening. He's super proficient at who everybody is, who everyone's relationship is. The hierarchical idea is, is paramount to Chimp. This guy's in charge of these guys, and he's in charge of them, and I'm somewhere in the middle, and I want to be second best, if not the top dog. And he's always looking for that stuff. That's kind of their nature, why they're kind of like warrior characters all the time. But they have friends. They have dear, connected friends in their life who make all the difference to them. Those friends that they have, they want to bond with. They want to be next to you. They want to share a meal with you. You see Cody out there. Cody says, hey, have a drink. They immediately like, that's good stuff. Here, brother, have a drink yourself. Mm. You know, I'm eating a carrot. Would you like a bite of that carrot? Now, they would never give a carrot to somebody else. They would grind it in the dirt before they gave it to somebody else. You're like, right. you ain't getting my carrot, bitch. I'm third. You might be 17th. They have everything lined up that way. I'd say it a lot of ways. Tigers, too, are kind of like bikers in a bar. If you walk into a Hells Angel bar and it's the real dudes at the real bar stools and you start staring at one of them, shit's going to go down. You're, you're, you're crossing a line. A chimp feels the same way. At his place, he's got his own thing. You come up and you start staring at him. You start lipping off to him. He takes attitude immediately, and he realizes fully that he can take you out. He is so physically powerful. Three to five times your strength. When a chimp grabs you, it feels like a vice. It breaks right through your skin with their fingers. If they latch onto your arm, all the there's fingerprints when they're done. It goes right through. Now, it's not like a tiger. It latches onto your arm, and it goes and pops right off. Yeah, chimp yeah. has to pull for a while to take it off. A tiger steps backwards holds on to you. Your limbs do come right off. It's happened many times. James Garretson, the fucking narc in that show, the rat <laughs> fink that's in there, you see him rolling along. That show's full of rats, right? I mean, I don't know where your vibe is or where you're from. When I grew up, those dudes, man, stitches need stitches. Those guys are trouble. That rat out there, that guy, he was in Texas. They just left this out of the show. He was in Texas a few years before the show went down. He's got a tiger there at a place called Jungle Land, I think, something like that. Real and quick, this is the fat guy or the guy? The fat with, guy. Okay, the fat yeah, guy yeah. that turned state's evidence. The, yes, because the, they both the, went state's ev, right? They both they both they ran both it out. Did. Him yeah, and I Lowe, think Jeff, Jeff and too. him both turned and both set Joe up to the max, you know, a whole lot of setup there. I mean, that guy's in Texas. He's hanging out. He's got some chick there. He's like, hey, man, look at that kitty cat. I'm not a cool dude. He did, oh, I'll pet his nose. Isn't that cool? You pet his nose. Snap. Grabs the chick by the hand. Backs up. Arm. Hops right out of the shoulder. Poof. Arm's gone. Nobody's there that's high in DMT because that's your only chance is to get in there and hemostat out the arm. He bleeds out and dies on the way to the hospital. No. And she's dead. She was killed by James's own ineptitude and his own uh, show-off styling of what was going on. His tiger, wrong type of cage, wrong type of place, wrong type of environment. Off comes the arm of a girl. Lost his own license, was never allowed to have animals again, and is totally on the dark side. Now, he's then busted for illegally, I believe, get, getting a hold of a lemur and doing stuff. And somehow in all that, that's the easy side. It states evidence's turn. There's a whole other huge story of some kind of credit fraud and fake banks and all kinds of other weird shit that James Garrison and uh, Jeff Jeff were both being uh, turned into, turned on because of uh, Joe finding out the stories and laying all that down. I think some of that animosity and insanity is what helped get Joe on the outs with them. As Jeff was acquiring his zoo, James is there, whatever he's doing for them, with them. Yeah. The whole thing's melting down. And in the process of that, they bring this hitman in and go like, hey, I got this bargain hitman, dude. He'll go and make a transcontinental hit for you for $3,000. Yeah. How's that sound, Joe? At what, clownism. Who thinks that way? Who thinks hitmen are introduced by new friends? Who thinks hitmen are cheap? And who thinks that you just happen to meet one that's also a maintenance dude on the side? I mean, it was just Joe's stressed out, melted down brain going on that it just wasn't working out well for him. And he allowed himself to just be pulled along. And he was infatuated 
with the illusion that Jeff had something with a rented house and a rented Ferrari and taking what, photos in front of a plane. What is that? What I'm, I was trying to understand that when I was watching that. Like, what type of character is a Jeff? Like, who is he a con artist? Like, where do these exist outside of this business? As far as I know, Jeff Jeff had no business with animals before this. You know, before his yeah. Joe soiree. Maybe he met someone with a lion here or there because but they're so, just in so the So what is there. he? Like, he is... Evil Knievel and Robbie Evil's son, one of their tech men, front men for the traveling org. There's a huge, if you, if you look for him online, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of information about him making all kinds of uh, uh, fake memorabilia that's Evil Knievel stuff and all kinds of forged sunglasses. Also for guys like... Um, uh, the color, the, 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 the crazy purple guy with the symbol that's his name. Heck, I can't, I can't believe I can't remember his name. The great Prince? singer that OD just Prince, a while Prince. ago. Prince. Yeah. He's selling Prince jackets, memorabilia, sunglasses. Uh... He, he bust for all kinds of things, allegedly. And all through that process, he was this guy that knew how to run this con thing. He and James Garrison, according to Joe, were running these fake credit card scams and doing stuff. I heard, don't know the truth. That he's who paid for John Finley's teeth. You know, because John's got that ridiculous mouth. But if you look online now, there's all kinds of pictures of him with this perfect smile. Yeah, I've seen it. What he normally looks like. He has that big old smile there. And that's how I always saw him. They made him remove his bridge work to film him so he'd look like a burnout meth head. But he always looks perfectly like extra perfect teeth because he's got big dental implant bridge attachments there and they always made him take his shirt off they're creating that vibe no the same for seth the little chick with the screwed up arm look at her at any other point she's got the sleeve on that covers the amputation she's got it inside of a coat they've got it all laid out there like some big floppy dick sitting in the middle of the picture (laughs) like oh yeah this poor girl in a dump They've got her tied up like in front of a damn dumpster who the hell picked that shot (laughs) delicious Freaking sensationalism bullshit. Put her in that shot, made her arm lay out there, and, and she's got it on the steering wheel when she's driving. Well, of course she doesn't drive like that. They're, they're creating drama. This there's a, there's a guy over here that wants to say hi. What you doing, dude? What you up to? Come right here, bud. Say hi. What's happening? What's happening? Hello, guys. Say, say hello there. Say hello there. I said hello. How you doing? How you doing, guys? Yeah. This is Bali the Chimp. He's right here. Got my son Cody here with him. Cody, what's uh, up, my man? He, they, they're just out. They, they were going to go out and do their afternoon walk and hang out. I thought they might want to come by. Uh, this is 120 so cool. pounds of spring steel and sex appeal, chimpanzee <laughs> style here. And this guy's only about half grown. Hey, look right there. Look at that hand compared to mine. It's just oh wow, a, a machine right there. This man is. Yeah. He's a great eight. He's a great eight. Whole lot of kid right there. Thanks, Cody. Oh, yeah, man. so, you know, the whole thing is a bunch of baloney. You know, a lot of the murder, mayhem, and madness was being done on the part of the directors, too. They were really creating an image. The thing that Tiger King is not, a documentary. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. This is a show about sensationalism, trying just to create content of a way that they thought could run away. You know, the guys who did Fire Festival. Yes, that whole crazy meltdown that was also very popular and very salacious, wild show that went along. That's who actually took all the footage and created oh. the Tiger King shtick. It wasn't uh, Eric Good, the Turtle Master, right. that uh, put that stuff together. Right, right. Well, look, man, I, you've been so gracious with your time, dude. I, I really appreciate talking to you, and thank you for answering so many of the questions that all of us who watch the documentary and enjoy the documentary have, and uh, you really cleared a lot of things up for me. You're definitely clearing your name. I hope more people watch this and get to understand the truth about this documentary. But uh, you've been great, man. You've been hilarious, and uh, I really appreciate this, and I wish you best of it's luck with hard. everything. And next time we're in South Carolina doing some shows, you got to come out to one of my shows, man. you got to come. We'll you know, you. and you, you can fly directly from New York to Myrtle Beach anytime. You can, you can land right here. We have... And it is extravagant to go through this experience. 
Uh, you should definitely come and see it. There's so much that could be done. Yeah, we're going to put the link to everything uh, in the bio so people can go check it out. Also, you guys got these amazing Instagram accounts. I mean, I follow you on Instagram, but your son's also got a great one. Yours is Doc Antle, and then his is Cody Antle. Cody Antle, and he's huge on TikTok. You know, I think yeah, they're, they're great. busted 12 million on there. Content's great. And the great. content yeah. is unbelievable. The last guy on earth doing this kind of content it's Cody right now you know it is yeah. outrageous and Moksha Bibi, my other partner that you know cares for the wildlife here her account's also crazy with great big cats swimming and playing and yeah. doing stuff with a, a petite little muscle girl yeah. that knows how to work all that wildlife <laughs> it's amazing man well thank you so much uh, and make sure you go check out uh, your now can you, you refer to it as a safari or is it a reserve we call it Myrtle Beach Safari it's really a five star resort where you have an incredible series of encounters with up close uncaged wildlife this is by no means a zoo stuff is out with you next to you involved in what's going on our night safari has 30 big cats that come out at a single time Jesus. a big nighttime a fire lit party that happens with elephants and tigers and the chimps dinner out there live and mess around and do stuff every sunday night we also do instagram and tiktok chimp dinner live we cook dinner with the chimps we prepare meals with them and stuff and you get to watch them talk and we inter talk interface oh, and talk with everybody and answer questions fun stuff on sunday nights saturday nights we do that big party as soon as the covid leaves right now we're a little trapped uh, which which is all of you all are. That's that's why Tiger King rocks. It's better than the other stuff that's on there. Exactly. I mean, it is perfect timing when you think about it. Absolutely. That's what perfect it is, timing. right? Without the COVID, I don't think it would have got half as popular. I mean, it was so good, but it is perfect timing. It, it, it perfect might timing. it might have it might have shined through. It might have shined through. It beat up Ozark, and Ozark rocks. I know it's great. I love Ozark, and it beat Ozark by by leaps and bounds. Because that's just how it went. How it you, is, what are you doing down there? You want to come back and check? So, man, I just had something to eat. Oh, it's a chimp. chimp a chimp wa- walk by there. Well, listen, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, stay in touch. Best of luck with everything. Keep us posted on anything new that comes out, man. All right? We will. More happens. We'll let you know. Take Thank care. you. Peace, guys. Thank you. Peace, peace. Peace.